Welcome back to Ignite. I want to talk to you on the subject of happiness versus joy. It's a big subject. In fact, I covered in my new book, uh, Ignite Your Life. It's that big of a subject. And uh, I can't go into all that right now. But but on the surface, you know, happiness, joy, uh, you know, have a joyful Christmas, have a happy Christmas. It all sounds like the same thing, but they are decidedly different. Uh, happiness is um, it's fleeting. Yeah, it, it, it comes and goes. You know, <laughs> you and I will both uh, experience happiness and, and probably unhappiness several times today. You know, I made the sale. Uh, I lost the sale. I, I, I had a great conversation. I had a great meal. I, I, the meal wasn't so great. I, I, I was late for this. I was early for that. I, there, there's a million things that bring us happiness. Uh, but then it's followed up by something else that doesn't bring happiness. You get some bad news and your happiness flows. As opposed to joy. Joy is not affected by circumstances. It's just not. You have joy. The question is, how do you get it? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm going to talk to you about sharing your faith. That's the whole point of our ministry. But you wouldn't think that sharing your faith is connected to joy, would you? I mean, you just wouldn't. It surprised us back in 1973. Uh, Karen and I, um, from the get-go of our marriage, we were married. I'll give you our, our real age. We were married in 63, okay? So we're working on 60 years of marriage. But in our earliest years, we were in church, we were serving, we volunteered for everything, whether we had the time or not. We, we gave sacrificially. We were doing everything right, but we had no joy. In fact, we were biting at each other a little bit. <laughs> and we talked about, where's the joy? How can we be doing all this for God and there's no joy? And so we started praying. We just said, let's pray for joy. We need joy. How do we get to joy? We had no idea. We never heard a sermon telling us, this is how you get joy. I'm going to give you that message right now. So uh, I went to lunch. We went to lunch, a luncheon at our church. It was Santa Ana First Assembly of God's 50th anniversary. And the pastor, God, put me right beside the the speaker for the day, who was Herb Ellingwood. And Herb at that time was the legal affairs secretary for Governor Reagan. I'm really giving my age, okay. <laughs> and um, I had an hour of energized, I can't really say conversation, because he talked nonstop. I didn't interrupt it very much. But God knew what I needed to hear. And and I wanted to hear about Reagan. I wanted, do you really pray in Reagan's office in Sacramento? I had all kinds of questions, but... But he never mentioned Reagan, and I never thought about Reagan because he talked nonstop for an hour about his faith-sharing experiences. And he went on and on, and he'd be laughing and be crying. And, and, and guess what? Last night he was going off, and I, I'd never seen such joy. I've just never seen that. And I, and I walked away, and I broke in tears. I said, God, I want what he has. I want what Herb has. I want that. So Karen and I talked about a lot. We said, well, we're going to give it a go. And we did. And we'd been sharing our faith up to that time a little bit, you know, kind of traditionally, not having a lot of success, but having success. And we started doing it and doing it more regularly. And, you know, it's like anything. Uh, it's like, you know, I tell you, you know, if you start shooting baskets after a while, you start sinking some of those baskets. And you start sharing your faith, and all of a sudden it starts to get a little bit easier like anything else. 
It was only about two or three weeks later, Karen and I were laughing about something, and I turned to her and I said, Karen, <laughs> we have joy. What? We have joy. <laughs> Where'd it come from? Hey, that sharing faith thing seems to work. It does. And it was after that, it was two or three weeks after that, that we came across John 15, 11. That's the last parable that Jesus gave in the, in the garden. And he talks about the fig tree, the parable of the fig tree. And he talks about how, you know, the dry branches are thrown, will be thrown in the fire, whatever. Oh, but when you bear fruit, ah, therein you're my disciple. And, and, and my joy will remain with you, and your joy will remain full. Wow. Look it up, John 15, 11. One of the great verses of the entire Bible. He tells you how to have joy. When you bear fruit, when you bear Christians, when you live for God's purpose, his joy remain with you and your joy will remain full. Wow. Especially when things go wrong. Yeah. Especially. I mean, stuff happens. Bad stuff happens. It's happened to us. It's happened to you. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. You have all these problems. And I talk to Christians all the time that are so beaten down by their problems. And they're so focused on their problems. And where is God? Woe is me. Bill Gothard gave a, a, a concept back in the 70s. I've, I've never lost it. Thank you, Bill Gothard. He said, you know, God is far less concerned about what you go through than he is in how you respond to what you go through. Uh, but by what standard do you measure good? What, what is good? All things work together for good. What is good? <laughs> it doesn't matter what your standard is. It's a matter of what is God's standard. All right? <laughs> the threshold verse in this podcast and every podcast, I'm sorry, I got to go back to Romans 8.28. All things work together for good, okay, good, <laughs> when you live for his purpose, to seek and save the lost and lead everybody every day closer to Jesus. God's version of good is souls, okay, it's souls, and, and you know, when you have joy in the midst of your problems, it's powerful. One of, one of the things I get so often is, well, sure, Barry's got a beautiful wife and a business and cars. Of course he's smiling. Of course he has joy. <laughs> if you read my book, Ignite Your Life, you're going to find out that Karen and I have been through hell several times but we never lost our joy. Don't let anything, don't let anything rob you of your joy. Nothing. And you do that by sharing your faith. <laughs> it's so simple. It's profound. And yet we're not doing it. Only 1% of us are doing it and don't understand this message. So for most of you, this is, this is profound news. Let me tell you about Mrs. D'Amato. And she, of course, is in my book as well, uh, Ignite Your Life. Precious lady, ended up dying, pain from cancer they could not stop. And she ended up the last two or three weeks of her life in the hospital. They couldn't stop the pain. I kept getting daily reports for the D'Amato family. It was tearing me up. And I went to her funeral mad at God. You know, God puts up with us. <laughs> you put up with me, God. 
I have a way of talking to God. I've yelled at God. You know, God, I don't think God has a problem with our emotions. He has problems with our indifference when we just walk away. I don't care. When we have issues with God, he's big enough. He can take it. Where are you, God? Where are you? I don't get it. <laughs> so I went to her funeral and um, wow, I, I was so mad. I mean, steam was coming out, smoke was coming out my ears, and everybody around me knew it. I don't get it. I, I did not keep it quiet. And then three different nurses got up and each told their own poignant story, kind of the same story, but in their own way, how each one of them had had, had nothing to do with God, were totally secular until they met Mrs. D'Amato. And they had rarely seen anybody who had suffered that much pain that they couldn't control. That was for a reason, that was for good. Mrs. D'Amato didn't know that at the time. That was for good. Her pain was excruciating, but her joy never ended. Her joy never ended. And all three of those nurses determined that God is real because of her joy and her pain. Yeah. One nurse said, as I was walking down the hallway of the day she died, I heard her singing hymns. <laughs> Do you think when Mrs. D'Amato got to heaven that she told God off and gave her a piece of her mind? <laughs> Why, God, did you do that to me? Of course not. Three more people, three more souls are in heaven because of that temporary pain. Don't you think Mr. D'Amato was praising God? <laughs> That's joy, having nothing to do with uh, circumstances at all. You're going down the road and you're, you're on, uh, getting to a meeting and you're running a little late and you gotta be at that meeting and oh, you get a flat tire. Where are you, God? <laughs> well, thanks a lot, God. Where are you when I need you? Now I gotta get a AAA guy. Or you can look at it and say, okay, what are you up to, God? And, 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 and the guy that comes and does your tires, not in a good mood and hurting, and you ask a few questions, and you find out that his son just committed suicide the night before. And you have this opportunity to love on him. And if you'd not had that flat tire, you never would have had that opportunity. He brought you two together for this divine encounter. And later on, you find out that meeting was canceled. <laughs> That's the way God works. When, when things go south, um, look around. We, uh, we were flying to Manchester, New Hampshire. Karen and I to go on a car tour with some dear friends, driving some old cars through the fall leaves. But we got hung up in, in Chicago, bad weather, and by the time we got into Manchester, we were the last plane in. And uh, then we got to the last turnabout for baggage, and our bags were the last bags off. In fact, it stopped, and then started to get, to get our bags off. We walked outside, and uh, there's supposed to be a black car waiting for us out there, and it was not there. And so I started calling, and I found out that they have lost track of the driver. They don't know where he is, 
and it's now one o'clock in the morning and um, and they need to find somebody for us and we're an hour away from our hotel. <laughs> and they're in panic. My secretary, Kathy's in panic. She doesn't know what to do. She's trying, doing everything she can. And we laughed. Uh, all of a sudden they announced the airport is now closed and the lights turned off and I checked the door, it was locked. And that only then did we notice that there's not a soul in the airport, not one person, not one car, not one taxi, not one person, it is closed. It's probably a quarter mile loop there for that airport so we could look across. There wasn't one person, we were all by ourselves <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. And Karen and I have had so many surprises in our lives that we just don't pay much attention to it anymore. We know I mean, to the point of being upset. We do pay attention and say, okay, God, you're up to something. And there were two benches there. I remember telling Karen, you know, there's, fortunately there's two benches, so there's one for each of us. She said, okay, great. It was a warm evening. Uh, we wonder what was up, and we just said, you know, there must be somebody God wants us to talk to tonight. And Kathy ends up finding some guy who, who drove uh, a client up to Boston, was dead heading back, and she got him. I don't know how that happened. God, thank you, God. Of course it's God. So he came by and picked us up. As we're driving away, uh, we had told him the story. He says, what was going through your minds? <laughs> really? <laughs> you really want to know? <laughs> we decided that there was somebody God wanted us to talk to tonight about him and he yells oh my god i can't believe this this is incredible what what is my life is a wreck i everything but everything is going wrong in my life i've been saying i need god i need to get into church i need to talk to a christian and all of a sudden you're in my car and we drove for that next hour sharing with him and the scripture just flowed. And he said, God put you in my car. Yeah, he did. And we got out. We sat there at three o'clock in the morning, hugging each other and praying together. A wonderful time. When we got to our beds, uh, to our bedroom and sat beside our bed, we were so excited we didn't even want to go to sleep. <laughs> now, take away the spiritual side of that. If we didn't have joy, and we didn't have joy telling people about Jesus. It was just another night. We would say, that was a night from hell. <laughs> it's three o'clock in the morning. Why are we beat? Where were you, God? Complaining about it all the way and moving everybody further away from Jesus. But when you know that God is up to something in the midst of the bad stuff, it is just amazing. One last story. We get on the plane and all of a sudden Karen and I are divided. Okay, we're, we're two different rows. Karen sat down first. I looked at her and said, okay, God's up to something. And he was. He sat me down next to a lady from India, executive lady, very put together, very professional, has an office and a condominium in, in, um, in New York City. Turns out she's three blocks away from Times Square Church, my home church in New York City, David Wilkerson's church I helped found. And I started telling her about it. She got so excited. I, I gave her one of my books, uh, Ignite Your Life, I, our website, igniteamerica.com. I gave her all the time. She was just taking it. She couldn't wait. She said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. All because... God divided us up. Now, I could have been all unhappy and, you know, where are you, God, and not had any joy and taken that in an entirely different direction. 
But when you're living for God, you realize God's always up to something. When he wants everything to be good and it doesn't go good, it is good. You just got to look for it. In the midst of it all, no matter what, in the on your worst days, I got far worse stories than this, dying in the hospital, whatever. Never lose your joy. <laughs> See you next time.